You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, the podcast for marketing professionals in higher education. Join us every week as we talk to the industry's greatest minds in student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where marketing in higher ed is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. I'm Troy Singer here with Bart Kaler, where each week we interview higher ed marketers that we admire for the benefit and hopefully the betterment of the entire higher ed community. Today we talked to Liz Rainwater, who is the Director of Marketing and Communications at TCU. The reason why we wanted to highlight TCU and Liz is their work on how they holistically build trust. And they do that not just through the senior comflow, but starting out with many outreaches in the sophomore year. We felt this was something to highlight, and she gives away tips. I won't say she gives away secrets, because to her, they're not secrets, but she gives away the farm. Oh, yeah. She does an amazing job, and, and I, I love it when guests come, and, and they just really kind of you know, really got practical and say, if you do this, and this is the way we started, and this is where we failed, and this is where we, you know, where, where we improved things. I love that transparency, because as, as Liz even said in the middle of the podcast, it's like, you know what, we're all in the business of educating students, and we're all on the same team. And I believe that because, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of statistics show that, you know, there's a lot of opportunities that students who have a bachelor's degree get and lives change, you know, and, and Troy, you and I both know that from being first generation students that we all are on the same team. So I really appreciate the practical tips and the pragmatic approach that Liz has brought to the conversation today. Liz alludes to it a little bit on the recording, but once we got off the recording, she really emphasized it. So I'm gonna emphasize it here. She also welcomes people reaching out to her, and I think you will want to after listening to this. Here's our conversation with Liz Rainwater. Liz, we are so grateful that you're joining us on the podcast today. And like most episodes, we wanna start out by asking you to share something that you feel our listeners would deem fun or interesting that you've learned recently. It's great to be here. Thanks so much, Troy. So something fun and interesting that I've I've recently learned is about relationships. I know we're probably talking about that quite a bit today, but in terms of relationships, the credit to debit ratio. So I'm a big fan of Gottman, John Gottman. He's a well-renowned researcher in relationships, and he uh, has this five to one ratio of positive experiences and interactions to negative. Um, and I think that's really important in all of our relationships, whether it's with maybe a direct report or a supervisor or friends, or you know, even with students we're trying to recruit, you know, to have these positive relationships, these positive interactions with them, and it, it be relationship building and not just purely transactional. So I try to keep that ratio in mind with everything I do. That's wonderful. Thank you very much. And I think that kind of ties into our overall conversation of we really wanted to highlight the success that you're having at TCU in regard to the long-term 
effects of building trust with prospective students and parents. And I believe you describe your approach as a multi-prong approach. And there's so many things that we're going to highlight today, but if you would, if you would discuss the significance of building trust in the college admissions process. So the significance of it is specifically related to the heavy decision that it is. Mm. Um, choosing a college is not like choosing a pair of shoes. It is choosing, you know, for many students where you're going to live for four years or more. Um, it's choosing, I mean, it's sort of like it's a relationship. It's who, choosing who you give your heart to. I mean, your alma mater, people, people love their alma mater, mm. and it's sort of choosing who to love. And I think people want to feel really good about their alma mater. They want to feel good about their choice where they went to college. And so that starts with all, like all positive relationships with building trust. It's foundational in a good relationship. And um, so, yeah, that multi-prong approach for building trust is, um, it needs to be recognizable. So whenever maybe an, a message comes up on someone's cell phone or on their computer screen, it's easily identifiable as this is coming from, for me, it's coming from TCU. It, it looks the same. It feels the same. They know that the content that they're going to get in that message is good, reliable, and it's just because of that first glance. You know, people make first impressions very quickly, and it's it's the same with messaging. You know, they see that message, and it's, it's important that it looks it looks the part. Building that trust, I think, is as much a part of those relationship building. And I loved your comment at the beginning about, you know, the five to one ratio. When that one does come in there, we need to make sure it doesn't cause too much friction. And I think that one of the challenges that I see in a lot of places is that when you aren't consistent with your branding, if you're not consistent with the way your you know, messaging is presented, if you're not consistent with your colors, whatever that is, it starts to create that friction that, that kind of maybe starts to cause confusion. So is that is that part of what you're talking about here is just the idea of kind of avoiding that friction point? So much of the college admission process is and this is this is talking specifically about seniors, but so much of that process is from the university to the student, give me this, give me your transcript, give me your SAT scores, give me your application, give me your essay, give me your resume, give me a counselor evaluation. There is so much take 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 and then we give one decision, you know, and that's, that's a lot of transactions. And so to build a relationship prior to that senior year, whenever students are first year, sophomore, juniors in high school, where we're not asking them for anything. Instead, we're giving them, here's some great advice. Here's a way to build your resume. Why don't, you know, here's, here's some things to have a conversation with your family about regarding finances, big brushstrokes of you're embarking on this really big change in your life. You're, it's a really a step into adulthood, and here's how you can start preparing for it now. It's not like someone just flips a switch and you're 18 and it's out the door and you're grown up and you make all the good decisions. Here's what you can do to prepare yourself to be in the right place, to launch success for forever. Um, and so we have three years, if they, you know, depending on when they come into our funnel, to to have relationships. So then when it comes to that transactional time, they don't feel like, man, I, we just met and you're asking me for everything. You know, um, <laughs> it's a relationship. Yeah, that's great. Cause that I, I often consult some of my clients and on, on like the websites and the call to actions. And I'm like, guys, 
back off of the apply now. I mean, if somebody just discovered your website and, you know, the first call to action that you're sending them in email and texting and everything else is apply now, it's like asking somebody to marry you on the first date. It's like we got we to gotta slow down here. And I, I love the fact that you guys are starting very early and you're not even, even talking about the wedding at all. You're talking about just getting, you know, it's courtship. And I love that because I think it's the idea of really helping people and educating them on this process of the biggest decision of their life that's going to be the most expensive investment of their life. And you're preparing them for that, not hoping that they're going to go apply now, but hoping that they're going to be able to make a good decision and that you're, you're going to build some trust with them. So tell me a little bit about those um, early years then. So, uh, you know, with the idea that start, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there's some listeners saying, boy, we're just, we're still trying to finish up. I mean, we're, we're talking in May of, of, of 2023. I'm still trying to finish up, you know, filling my class for fall of 23. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of schools out of the 4,600 st- schools in the United States. They're still trying to finish, finish, finish that class. So they're like, you're telling me I need to be thinking and talking to freshmen in high school or sophomores. Talk about that because I think that's, that might be new for a lot of people because, you know, they might do something like buy a PSAT test list and send out a postcard and get them on an email automated tool that doesn't sound the same as what you're talking about. So back to Troy's uh, mention of the multi-prong approach, we believe that people have uh, information resonating in a lot of different ways. Um, And so we try to approach them in different ways. And so maybe students really resonate with reading emails. Maybe things really resonate by looking on social media. Maybe things resonate um, with family conversations. Um, So we we push things out in different sort of ways for that first year. And, and, it, and, and I think that the funnel has really evolved where it used to be top down and now it's, it's all around. It's, we try to engage with students in a lot of different ways, but that, that conversation is about advice. It's about asking them. And so we have, we have email campaigns that, that start as soon as they enter our funnel and um, it asks them questions and it just engages with them and it asks them to complete forms. You know, maybe it's just give us your address or tell us the academics that you're interested in or talk to us a little bit about extracurriculars you're interested in. And so it's this engagement and we, Mm -hmm. and then we take that information and we send back to them things that align with what they're interested in and how they could find that at TCU. But it also lets them feel heard and people just want to feel seen and heard. Um, and it and it hopefully grows a feeling of their TCU listens to me. And so we may not do anything more with that information than just engage with them. And that's that's really enough. Um, <laughs> and then we ask them for their parents information and then we send their parents an email that says, hey, Troy sent us a email that he really likes TCU and we'd like to tell you about TCU, dad. And um, hopefully that starts a conversation with parents and children that are college bound. So there's just this, this multi-prong approach in building relationships with students at a, at a very young age. And um, it, it really doesn't need to go further than that because at that age, they can't apply. We're just building right. a relationship with them. Yeah, I, I like that approach because I think it does, one, build the trust, not only with the student, but also so early getting those parent uh, emails and contact information to get them engaged in the in the conversation. I mean, I've been doing higher ed long enough that I remember back, you know, 
I remember when they first started talking about, hey, there are these millennials coming. I mean, this is in the late 90s. It's like, you know, that was the whole big thing. And, but, and then they started talking about these, you know, helicopter parents and parents that were filling out the apps for their students and doing all that kind of stuff. And I'm not quite sure that we've, you know, gotten all the way there, but I will say that today's parents are a lot more engaged. They're kind of the gatekeepers, but also they're the ones that are reminding the students because, I mean, let's face it, students don't look at their email every day. I mean, I've, I've got a you know, 23, 21, you know, 19 year old and a 17 year old. And if I want to get their attention, if I want them to read an email, I have to text them and say, hey, check your email. I just sent you something. And so there's a reality to that. But once we have mom and dad engaged with that, you know, we can send mom and dad a copy of what we sent the student. And now all of a sudden it becomes a conversation at dinner because they saw the email about about that. And so I like that a lot. I like the fact of really being a trusted resource along the way. And, and I also like the idea of just trying to figure out a way to engage with the students, because I think one of the things with, and I liked what you said about listening and being heard. Um, one of the trends of Generation Z and, and especially coming up with Generation Alpha is this idea of doing life together. They don't want to do it by themselves. Um, and it was hard for a lot of them with the pandemic. And I think they really want to do things together, whether that's you know, engaging with a, with a potential counselor or talking with somebody about what they're doing or, or helping decisions be made. I think it's things like that that are really important. And I love what you're doing with all that. So tell me a little bit about how you're then using maybe some of those typical tools, whether they're newsletters or whether they're different elements like that, that you are, you know, using as part of that, that funnel communication. So again, back to that multi-pronged approach, things resonate with people in different ways and, and also people want to feel, feel seen and heard and we want to drive this back and forth engagement. So we'll have a campaign, an ongoing campaign that asks students, this is for underclassmen, to confirm their information. And if they'll confirm their information, we will send them five tips on college admission. And mm-hmm. so, so this is important for two reasons. Number one, the five tips on college admission are actually five really good tips. And um, I think students are really interested in tips, pro tips. I feel like that's kind of a buzzword. And um, so they like that. But then the second thing is we have an opportunity to fulfill a promise. And it's, it's just surprising to me how few colleges actually will fulfill a promise. You know, they'll say, I'll put you on a mailing list, and then they don't. And students notice we have an opportunity at an early stage in their high school career to to fulfill a promise, to, to make good on something we told them we would do. And then plus, whenever they get that piece of mail, it has their name on it, not just in the address bar, but we, we print it on demand, so it's a variable piece, and it has their name sort of throughout it. And we hope that is meaningful to them. Again, one of TCU's flagship, um, sort of our, one of our banner um, right. traits is is a personal connection and so by calling them by their name um, we're trying to sort of harken back to our personal connection but again that's you know a mailed campaign it's an engagement that's back and forth it's sending something in the mail um, and as we continue that engagement we do ask them for, for more information and um, and then hopefully eventually get their parent email address and start engaging with their parent as well So for our audience, I just want to let everyone know, before we started recording, 
we talked to Liz and we said, now we can talk about general things, but we don't want you giving away all of your secrets. And she goes, oh no, I'm happy to give all of our secrets to everyone's success. So with that said, and with that promise in mind, would love to talk a little bit about personalization. And I think one of the keys that we want to point out to everyone is A, you're personalizing these to make that personal connection. And even though it says TCU on it, the tips and things that you're sending them is really agnostic to whatever school. These are things that if they choose to go to another school, they can use these tips. You're just being a good friend, a good mentor, a good source of pro tips per se. Is that correct? That is correct. We want to be trusted. We want to be a trusted advisor. And by saying, Troy, I know your name and I'm going to give you some good advice for the stage you are in life. We want you to come back to us whenever you want more advice and hopefully build that relationship and trust so that whenever it is time for you to go to, to TCU, you might, or whenever it's time for you to go to college, you might say, TCU is a place where I can trust them with my, myself and my future because they've, they've given me good advice so far about my future. Yeah, I like that. And I like the fact that you talked about personalization in the sense that it was, you know, you've got their name and you're using their name. I also want people to understand that you're personalizing it too because you know how old they are. You're personalizing the message to a sophomore and helping them, you know, figure out about higher education, post-secondary education. And so that's another form of personalization that I think sometimes we forget. I think we're so so used to looking at the technology and how can I do variable printing where I show the nursing program because they said they're interested in nursing. And we get all kind of wrapped up in that realizing without realizing that just by acting in a certain way at a certain point in time, that's personalization as well. It's important to note that no matter what CRM your university uses, this is not difficult. Um, as long as you have an entry term and a name and an email address, you can do this. And so just batch, yeah. it's, you know, it's the false, it's the fall of the sophomore year. Everybody whose entry term is in three years, they're going to get this message. It's, this is not hard. This is really easy yeah. with the CRM. Yeah, I, I like that you pointed that out because I think that that often becomes the yes. excuse. It's like, well, we just, you know, our CRM XYZ just doesn't allow us to do that. And, oh, we can't do anything short of an RFI form because it always asks for the address. And, I mean, basically half the, half the request for information forms I see out there are, you know, many applications and stop yeah. doing that. I mean, you, you can't, you, I mean, you're going to turn everybody off if you're asking half of the application for just the information. Get, I love what you said, name, email, entry term. and, you know, That's entry you term. Start, Start with, with that. that. You can build on top of that. I love the fact that you ask a little bit further. And then you can get more. Then you can ask for that address. Yeah, because you've built the trust. Right. You've built enough trust where you've said, "Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to spam you." Okay, I'll give you my address, and then a little bit further. Now I'll give you my mom and dad's address and, and their emails. And so, speaking of that, Troy, I know you're going to ask a question about the uh, the parents there. Yes, would like to know what are some of the other ways that you are reaching out to parents and keeping them involved. I think we talked a little bit about it earlier, and I remember seeing some things on Facebook that you are doing as a university to keep the parents engaged. If you would please let our audience know a little bit about that. 
Sure. So thanks, Troy. Um, there are a, a number of ways. Again, multi-prong. You guys are probably going to get sick of me saying that. Not at all. Um, but we <laughs> we do engage with the parents via email. And there are, just like with the students, there are different messages we have depending on where their student is. Because in our CRM, everything is um, connected to the student record. And so we'll have a parent. So we'll know that parent is a parent of a student who's maybe at their junior year of high school or, or whatever it may be. So we'll send them variable messages depending on, you know, where their student is, how they can encourage their student. You know, one of the, and we're, we're I guess this might be some of the not such great news that we deliver, but what we'll say, you're, if you if you try to attack this conversation all at once, you're, 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 you're going to alienate your student. And so, and we, we give them advice like, time yourself and just allow yourself 15 minutes or only bring it up once a week or something like that just sort of to temper that so the student doesn't feel overwhelmed um, so we give them ad advice like that just really general nitty-gritty advice uh, it's not all about how to be the pushy um, parent that wants their student to graduate right. valedictorian um, it's, it's also about just how to temper that conversation so that's one way and, and sort of a sort of a newsletter type Thing for parents, um, email campaign for parents, but we also have a monthly Facebook Live that the that Dean Einstein hosts, the Dean of Admission here at TCU, and um, it's on Facebook, which is a adult. It's not there. You don't see a lot of teenagers on Facebook. Very much an adult social media platform, and um, very much the people who attend are parents, and they're asking the questions, and um, the dean will talk about. A subject, so it might be a college at TCU, it might be about housing at TCU, or um, we'll have a guest most of the time, so maybe it's a dean of another college at TCU, or maybe the athletic director to talk about athletics, um, and sometimes it's a student panel. So we'll have different guests to talk about different parts of the university, and he'll talk about it for about 20 minutes, and then he leaves 40 minutes up open mm -hmm. to open Q&A. And we, we try to relate it as much to the topic and our guest, but a lot, there are a lot of questions that are unrelated to that particular guest, and, he, and Heath addresses them. So, um, and, and parents love it, and our viewership is oh, wow. in the thousands every month, um, and it's, it's well-regarded. So that's been a really, again, that's that not just, it's a both-way communication, really important. Um, and that's how you build a relationship and how you yeah. build trust. And I love the fact, too, that as you're talking through this, and I've talked before, that there's a lot of different size schools that listen to this. And so I'm going to tell my little tiny micro colleges, don't check out right now because you heard Liz say thousands of people. And you're like, oh, that doesn't sound like us. We couldn't do it. Yes, you can do it. It's Facebook Live. I don't care. It okay. didn't start as thousands. That's important to note. We've been doing this for more than a year, and it, did, it started with we were okay, excited there to you get go. 100. I've talked to some schools that are like, you know, we tried to do a live one time and we only had 15, 25 people come. I'm like, that's 25 people you didn't have a chance to talk to otherwise. So count it as, count it as a success and build on that. I think that we're often too quick to dismiss something because we didn't hit it out of the park in the first day. And I love the fact that you guys seem to have a lot of discipline with what you're doing to just keep doing it. I mean, I, I've told people, I came up in a conversation earlier today, I said, you have to put the reps in. You have to just keep doing it. Nothing good in life comes without continuing the discipline and the practice of it. So I love the fact that that's working. So part of the secret yeah. sauce to this is the follow-up, okay. right? So it's not just we do a Facebook Live the next day or two days later. 
we do a recap in an email and we bullet point every single question that was asked and we email it to everyone mm -hmm. we invited, which includes our parent groups, right? And so they, if they couldn't tune in or they right. didn't want to tune in or whatever it is, they get this email and they, and they hopefully mm -hmm. scroll because, you know, that's pretty common human action. It's scrolling. We all scroll all day. And maybe they'll, maybe one question will catch their eye and they'll click it and it'll go to that YouTube link. And then all of a sudden they're like, that was interesting. And then they listen to more and then they listen to it longer. And most of our views oh, are not live. That's most great. of our views are after it happens. Most, most, when I say most, I mean like 80% are, of our views are not live. They are yeah. after the fact. And it, and we put that, those questions in that email. Well, it's not an email. We just actually, we link them to our blog, which, which lives on our website, questions. which answers the questions and it increases awesome. our SEO. I mean, this is yep. all so connected and it's, and it's how we, it's how we continue to And I don't know people. how you do it, Liz, but I'm going to give everybody a quick tip because I mean, again, they're probably saying, oh, it's TCU. You probably have 37 people on staff or whatever. How, you've got four people on staff. Okay. So, but I'm, but I'm also going to give somebody a tip that if you only have yourself, go get an, go get chat GPT, copy the transcript, paste it in there, say, summarize this conversation in major points, give it to me on bullet points, theme, then bullet points. And you just created a, a, at least a draft of that blog, write a nice beginning and ending. Those are the types of things that I think that we all need to figure out how to be a little bit more efficient to be more effective. Because, I mean, we are asking people, and just in this conversation, a lot of great ideas. You guys are doing a lot of things. But you're, you're doing it in a kind of a very methodical way. And, and you're using tools like that that are going to help you be more efficient and more effective. And you're repeating it over and over again. I mean, I'm guessing that's the way that you're doing a monthly Facebook Live, right? We are. We're doing a monthly Facebook awesome. Live. That's great. So tell me a little bit about how, how that's playing out long term. I mean... Obviously, if you've got a parent of a sophomore coming up and then they've been to a couple of Facebook Lives, they're seeing your emails, and you've only been doing it for a year, but are you starting to kind of get some feedback that says, hey, you know, we're, we're now starting to see some of those students that we started as sophomores that are coming in to visit, that are coming in, um, where, where does that sit with everything? So, the, I mean, this right. is all anecdotal. It's, it's really difficult to measure that, but yes. So the efforts that we have, and again, talking about not just looking at it from a funnel of buying right. names and, and that's how we get engagement. So now we're talking about Facebook Lives. I know you had Alex mm -hmm. from the college tour on here before, and we did the college tour with Alex. So we're on Amazon and we're in Facebook Live, and we will actually have people, students and parents, come in for different visit opportunities and they will, they will articulate to us, I saw you on the college tour and it just, I couldn't believe it was real and I had to come and see it for myself. Or we'll have a parent that engages with Heath and says, you've given us such great advice. You know, whenever my student was choosing places that they wanted to visit, selfishly, I That's wanted awesome. to come visit TCU. And so I put TCU on our, you know, on our destinations for college. I love those stories like that because I think that, again, a lot of people get to the point of thinking, well, we've always just bought names. We've always just done that game. And yes, you can do that, but there's a lot of challenges coming. There's the enrollment cliff. There's test optional. There's a, a lot changing. So if you've always relied on that and you think you're going to always be able to rely on that and you're wondering why our class, you know, why are we not getting the quality and all that other stuff, take a look at some other ways to get there. So that's great. 
Liz, I think we've been successful in putting out there this long-term approach. It's not just the senior comm flow, but this starts in the sophomore year, and as you say, a multi-pronged approach. You said you were very intentional in making sure that they realize that when they deal with TCU, promises are fulfilled. You keep those promises. Also, during the time, you might not be outwardly saying it, but you are demonstrating authenticity. Would like to know before we end the podcast, are there any other results that we haven't touched upon or any parts of this multi-pronged approach that we didn't highlight that you feel would be important to that others can get or glean from? I think one that comes to mind is the transfer funnel. Mm. So um, maybe we get students who can't come to TCU for their first year out of high school, you know, in a traditional sense, for whatever reason it might be, but building that relationship while they're in high school, even though maybe it's not immediate, TCU is where they want to graduate. And so if you want to build a transfer funnel, it's, we get, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to say what percentage exactly because I'm not right. sure, but we get a pretty solid percentage of students who applied to TCU once right out of high school and either didn't get in, decided to go somewhere else, or um, couldn't couldn't come, were admitted, and they couldn't come, um, and then they end up as a student two, three years down the road. So um, that's been such an important part of our relationship with students is, you know, maybe not now, but it doesn't mean not ever. And that's part of that negative, maybe. You're, you've been denied, and that's part of the deny message. You We're denying you, but that doesn't mean it's the end of the road for you. We encourage you, here's what you can fix, and here's how you can be a, a really good candidate for admission, maybe in, in two semesters. And you know. and I'm sure that even also applies into your, your grad and I mean, every aspect of a you know degree completion, anything, building that trust early on is gonna is gonna stick with people, and I, I really really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Well, you have shared a lot. I'm gonna put you on the spot one more time, Liz. <laughs> if there would be a quick tip that you can offer within our subject today, that a listener could implement soon after hearing it, what would that tip be? I know most people probably in admission marketing have some kind of ongoing drip campaign where they're pushing out data, yep. right? Pushing out, here's here's something about our great business program and here's, here's some information about visiting and here's some information about, I don't know, our housing. There's just, you know, you're just giving, 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 giving. My, my quick tip would be ask, ask them to reply back with something and make it easy for them to reply back. Put, maybe put a button on that email and, and give them a form to fill out and then, and then somehow reflect that back to them. Um, that part is a little more challenging to build out, but it's not hard. It's not hard. And, and students like to do quizzes. That would be a fun one mm. to do. Make a quick and easy quiz for them to push a button and um, fill out a quiz. Just something that's not just them reading and not being able to give back to mm. you. Somehow engage in that two-way connection. That's great. That is wonderful, Liz. Thank you so much for the time that you shared with us today and especially the wisdom that you've shared. You have shared a lot, and I'm sure some listeners may want to know more or maybe just be connected with you. For those who would like to, what's the best way for them to reach you? Sure, you can email me at any time, e.rainwater at tcu.edu. 
and I'm ha I'm happy to share. I've had I've had emails from lots of different colleagues around the country from universities, and I'm I'm happy to collaborate. We're all trying to educate students. Yep. At the end of the day, we're all on the same team. Yep. Thank you, Liz, and we'll make sure we put that into the show notes for those who would like to reach out to you. Bart, do you have any final thoughts before we end our episode? Yeah, if anybody's listened to the podcast, everybody knows how excited I get about pragmatism and, and practical tips. And I, I, I love these types of podcasts where you can simply just kind of keep rewinding, take notes, and then go implement something. And so just the idea of, you know, starting out with just a small RFI, you know, just trying to get the bare minimum of what, of what you need. I really love that conversation. I love the fact of just understanding the timing as part of personalization. I, the idea of getting engaged with parents early on with the Facebook lives, with just being able to engage them and help them have those conversations. I think that's a brilliant move. And, and I just, uh, there's just so many things that I think are so good about this and the results oriented around it. I really love that. And I think the overall thing, and this will probably be a good, good title for us, Troy, I know we always try to figure out what's the title going to be. <laughs> it's, it's about building that trust. You know, doing the little things that are going to build trust along the way, and I and I love the fact that you started off with the Gottman quote with, uh, the Gottman quote. I'm sorry, with the idea of you know that relationships and you know five positives to every negative. I think that if anybody just looked at this, there's five positives that you can go do right now to really impact the youngest um, the youngest parts of your funnel. So, Liz, thank you. It's been a wonderful conversation. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. And I have a final thought because I saw Bart smile when Liz mentioned quizzes. And I know from experience and working on projects with Bart that he is a fan of quizzes too, Liz. And asking questions like favorite music when you're studying, um, what are some of your favorite snacks? Not necessarily about higher education, but about them. And then uh, getting that back in front of them and that's telling them we heard you, we listened, and we care. So um, I just wanted to point that out. I saw that grin, Bart, when she put that out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, gosh, it's so easy. It sounds so difficult, but it's so easy. It's easy, and what's amazing about that, you talk about reflecting it back. You reflect it back to the parents, and you say, we thought it was really cool that Troy likes country music and chips when he studies. Guess yeah. what they start talking about? Hey, I got this yeah. email from TCU. I didn't know you liked country music and chips when you study. Let's talk yeah. about that. And all of a sudden, the conversation starts. We do that. We, we say, we know Troy is the type of student who XYZ. Yep. And they feel, like they, they feel like you're partnering yeah. with them. That's great. Awesome. Thanks to the both of you. And a special thanks to Rob Conlon at Westport Studios for being our wonderful producer and making us look and sound the best we can every single week. We also thank our sponsors, which are Kaler Solutions, an education marketing and branding agency, and Ring Digital, accurately and precisely connecting universities directly to the devices of their prospects, inquiries, and alumni on their most valuable mailing lists. On behalf of my co-host, Bart Kaler, also our guest, Liz Rainwater, I'm Troy Singer, we all thank you for listening. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. The Higher Ed Marketer is a production of Kaler Solutions and Ring Digital in partnership with Westport Studios. 
Views and opinions expressed by guests on The Higher Ed Marketer are their own and may not reflect the views and opinions of their organization. Know someone who's a mover and a shaker in higher ed marketing? Visit www.higheredmarketerpodcast.com and click on our Contact Us page. We'd love to have you tell us about them. Until next time. Oh, <laughs>